Hello and welcome. You're listening to Exploring, a podcast which dives into the extra yet ordinary journeys of people leading unconventional work for our planet. My name is Maria and I'm here to talk with innovators, artists and entrepreneurs who are building groundbreaking ventures and I invite you to join us so that we can uncover their remarkable journeys together. Our guest today is Asher Jay, a designer, artist, entrepreneur, and key advisor to a venture capital growth fund focused on sustainable innovation. Asher has created dozens of captivating paintings and campaigns to influence global action for wildlife conservation, for which she was named the United Nations Woman Design Star. I'm so excited to be talking to Asher about her work and life explorations. Asher, it is great to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I just want to tell you, um, before we get into this conversation, how much uh, your art has uplifted me and showed me how important it is that I continue doing what I love, and that is caring for a natural world. Your art is beautiful. Thank you for, for making it. I really appreciate you saying that because, you know, when you create content as just an artist, it might be enough just to be the creator and appreciate your own work, right? The kind of work that I do, it's very design driven and it's very intent oriented. And it's meant to catalyze people, to galvanize them, to feel an emotional trajectory within them, rise them toward a moment of problem solving so they can be engaged as opposed to apathetic about the myriad concerns currently facing our collective. And so when you say things like that, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, it got through to another human being. That that's means so much because that's why I do what I do. It is about reaching people. So thank you for letting me know it reached you. What brought you at the very beginning uh, to being captivated with the natural world? When I first started out, I think my journey began inside a coffee table book about deep sea wildlife. I remember the contrast between the tiny dimensions of my hands against this massive two-page spread that was black water with this gorgeous octopus within it. And I just, I was so captivated that things like that existed, you know, in the world around me. So I think for me, the reason why I began caring is because that early moment of connection, which happened in a book, then began to translate in the world around me. And I was also fortunate to have a mother who constantly made that evident to me. She was very keen on cultivating this deep sensitivity towards wildlife and nature. I always saw her as a woman of action. If she saw an injustice unfolding in front of her, she would hold that person accountable. She would call the appropriate authorities and report the incident. Um, and so I always noticed that, you know, as an individual, you can definitely have a tremendous impact within that, that sphere that you choose to assume responsibility in. It's amazing that just a small book and you connecting to that book brought you to this whole love and respect relationship that you have with the natural world and that you continue to inspire other people to have. I just kind of feel like this was meant to be. A story was the way that you got in 
and then you continue that through through storytelling. Um, do you kind of think of yourself as primarily a person that has devoted their life to storytelling? How do you kind of identify yourself, like you know, within, not just like the labels outside? People try to give you titles based on what you've done thus far, and that may not even be what the world needs from you anymore. It may not be where you're best serving people, planet, or purpose, or passion. And I think you know when you are looking at that um, frontier of where innovation can occur, where the next iteration of self can occur, you have to be willing to go there and go at it alone because no one can accompany you into that moment of unknown, that uncertain, which you have to navigate to embrace transformation, whether it's in terms of your career, whether it's in terms of your personhood. And for me, every step of the way, just when things get really comfortable and everyone starts telling me, oh, you're so good at that. That's really what you're meant to be doing. It's such a great place that you're contributing in. I know I've given it everything I've got and that's the most I could have pushed over there. And I now need to integrate something more into it or I need to bring it to a different orbital of like outcomes and outputs or I need to shift. I need to pivot, you know, because iterating further in the same line is not going to be enough anymore. Given that world circumstances have changed, given that people's cultural attitudes have changed, like you have to be willing to be confident enough in your abilities and interdisciplinary approach to constantly reorient or utterly transform yourself, which transformation is not the same as change. Change is linear. You can keep growing in the same in the same vein. So I can be more of me, but slightly better every step of the way. That's imp like improvisation, right? Versus metamorphosis, where you go in as one organism and come out as another. And that's the level of breaking I embrace because unless you do that, you can't be the next thing that the world needs from you because you have to be willing to let go. I just want to repeat what you said because that anecdote about the fact that change is linear and it's different from transformation that that is just pretty much a revelation on its own because i see that in your career you became more solution oriented instead of problem oriented and i wonder if this was a whole transformation that encouraged you to dive into those new fields that you previously uh, didn't really see yourself in yeah, I think, you know, when when you apply yourself, it has to come from an, a, a place where you are able to disengage from ego, right? Because if it's just your bias, your opinion, your agenda, your way of doing something, it's never going to be inclusive. It's not going to be creating enough room for anyone else to enter that narrative moment. So I think, you know, if you don't know how to dial you back, then there's just nothing but you. And that's really what even wildlife photography or being out in nature is about. If you don't make that space and time to let something come to you, you'll never have that moment of truly relating. And, and that can only happen if you create space. It begins with the thoughts of being inclusive and open in your thoughts. And then you can actually be that in reality. But what you said about wildlife photography, woof. Okay, this, this is another level because I never really looked at wildlife photography as a channel for people to have the space to come in and actually be there 
but that's what it is. It, It literally is so open that it's not just the photographer and the animal. It really is letting this whole audience experience this. So this is a really like a technique, I would say. I didn't <laughs> notice that it's it's there. And that's what makes some photos greater. And I guess some photos less great is that room for other people's connection to, to, to the photo. We are the ones who give something significance by pointing our lens to it, by pointing our voice to it and saying, this is more important in this moment. This lion killing this thing is more important than this weaver bird building its nest and having a fight with another weaver bird, right? We attach significance to the storyline we're telling. And that has come to inform how people think of wilderness and wildlife. We think of predatory encounters as more valuable. We think of megafauna as more valuable because we've continually placed our lens on that. And, and having a greater sensitivity to the whole narrative that's unfolding, which is life, the fabric of life happening at the same time, we've never shown, in fact, to date, I don't think there are very many stories that have shown the, the idea of everything happening at once. I mean, maybe Baraka, you know, the sort of art films that show synchronicity, that look at how everything is unfolding around the same timeline. It's not happening at different moments, but all at once, you know, that there are birds being slaughtered in factory farms at the same time that you're having a cup of coffee. That, that level of connectivity and awareness of what you're doing at the same time as something else that's happening elsewhere is what establishes greater empathy, greater mindfulness, and a capacity to look at something beyond just one prioritized incident, which has also only been prioritized through the human filter. And so now when I point my camera at anything, when I point my brush at anything, when I point a technical effort that I'm involved in at something, I'm always looking at the whole first. Mm -hmm. Am I accounting for the whole? And why am I choosing? Because it is a choice to point out one part of that whole. And am I still making people aware of that whole while pointing that one part out? Because it's the disconnect between the two that's allowing us to remain in a disconnected space and therefore create a paradigm that's disengaged. I feel like our eyes are a blessing and somewhat, I don't want to say a curse, but they don't really do justice to exactly that unified and connected nature of the world. If we just focus on what is in front of us and what we see, we miss out on so much. And that is why it's, it's so important to engage in, in seeing arts and stories that show us what is happening outside of our realm. So I love that you, you just mentioned that. I do wonder, however, if you had this experience that kind of showed you, oh my, I have to be more open or like I have to try new things because you seem like a very, very woke person um, and that has like, you know, done a lot of self-work and a lot of beautiful work that inspires others. But there must have been like this kind of a series of experiences or one a moment that you were like, wow, okay, I need to be, I need to change. Do you remember what that was? I think the earliest encounter that I had that gave me a a sense of belonging was looking up into the night sky and seeing the Milky Way band. It's so humbling to look at space, to look at the stars and realize that there's just such a level of expansiveness out there that we can't even begin to grasp as the average person. And I think I've always used that through line, that um, understanding of being a rather insignificant dot of thought 
in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> just floating on a blue, pale blue torch, you know? Um, and if you can truly discern that for yourself and allow yourself to feel the reverence that comes with surrendering to that greater context, to know that you're not the center of it all. Honestly, you know, the, the, the expansiveness that I feel when I look at the stars, that's what I feel when I sit down to meditate. If we can really tap into our inner consciousness and, and feel what it means to be presence as opposed to being just this person all the time that's enacting and, and, and being um, a smaller version of itself through a filter of labels, right? I'm a woman, I'm a human, I'm this, I'm that. Like without all of those titles, labels, everything, if you can just be the way a tree is, the way snow falls, you know, it, it's just being. That connection that I feel is all encompassing because I feel connected to trees then I feel connected to the snow falling outside my window right now you know and, and there's just there's no stop to you just as there's no stop to the cosmos that allows me to feel the magic of nature around me as well if I couldn't feel that within I can't feel that external to me and every time I go diving um, every time I'm out in nature every time I've had a true encounter with another animal like another being uh, when you have the chance to look within its eyes and there's uh, this deep profound shift within self because you see the room you both have created to take that instant into account and to be present for it like a lion can be just as present as you are for that moment of interaction every time I get too overwhelmed with like my dreams and goals and what I have to do and what I want to do or is it true that I want to do that really I just go to my good old oak tree in my backyard and I touch the branches I I I just am with the tree you know and everything is better and I don't feel more alive at any given moment than that moment where I just am there with the tree, but it is hard to actually get in touch with that simple being in this world of constant doing. I do find it inspiring that although you are a person that has collaborated with like dozens of brands, became a renowned explorer and produced multiple pieces of dazzling art, you still feel like the most important part is just being. I wonder if you feel that with this realization and with all your work, you've reached success or is there no success yet? We all go back and forth because there's moments when we feel expanded and one with everything and just truly aligned and blissful. And then there are other times where you can be myopic as hell and think, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't got this opportunity yet. Or I can't believe that uh, this particular award meant so much to me and either I got it or didn't get it you know and either way it's a validation or a lack thereof and it comes to inform how you feel about yourself the thing that I've cried from the depths of my soul for is to truly be able to contribute from every aspect of self to give all of me towards anything that I can I'm all in I'm all in every day every moment for all of life like I I can't offer up enough. <laughs> I just can't, can't imagine that I'm just speaking to you right now because you seem like the person that could live 
my life and no one would see a difference because I am the same. And I wonder if more people are like this, but they don't say because I genuinely believe that I'm happy when I use all my talents, passion and love for the better for helping people live healthier lives. And that is through through protecting nature in my eyes. And I, I definitely feel this restlessness, like I will never be doing enough, because every day I have to set my intention into, okay, what is the next thing? So I totally relate to that. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you. <laughs> I've always been in the startup mentality, I suppose, because Being an entrepreneur is A, pushing the boundaries, which is what an explorer does. So it's just another word. I don't know why we don't use them interchangeably because all entrepreneurs have to be explorers. You have to go where people haven't gone before. You have to be willing to try, take risks, do things that might seem ridiculous to everybody else. You might be in it alone. You might have no backing. People might call the idea stupid or the effort ridiculous, but you still believe. You work from that inner integrity, that vision, that intuition, right? And then the other aspect of it, working relentlessly around the clock to realize something from a space of passion, that's how you should approach every moment of your life. Your whole existence is a startup. <laughs> why Why do we single it out to it's a company? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> startup mentality like, across the board. Full passion and go all in. And I don't mean going all in is burnout, like you just have to work, work, work. No, just being devoted and having grit and the perseverance uh, to continue through the challenges. Like that's it. And when you hear a no, and when you hear a yes, it doesn't really (laughs) change things. Like you have to persevere within your, your true core. And if you're driven by something that is deep, helpful and true you have no choice but to treat your life like a startup so i I, i'm on board of that this this is this is a great analogy here i'm so curious asher to hear about the tough challenges that you've had through your journey of exploration Um, because it sounds like you figured a lot of things out but I I guess that took a lot of tough situations for you to learn that could you share some of that When I was starting out, that was the hardest part of my journey. And that's usually the hardest part of a journey, even as you're evolving, if you're trying a new career on or if you're changing a career in any way. The the first few steps you have to take in that new pathway is always the hardest. There's the greatest amount of resistance, both internally and externally. People tell you that you can't do it. You tell yourself, can I do this? Maybe not. Like I should be more afraid. Maybe I should fall into that fear pattern. But my greatest challenge, I guess, was when I first moved from being in the fashion industry and and working in large scale companies like Ralph Lauren on 7th Avenue, and then running my father's company that was also in mass production of textile after he passed away, I wanted to sincerely find my calling, which has always been tethered to a deeper connection to people and planet. And I couldn't do that in somebody else's footsteps, in somebody else's shoes. I had to find my own path and be in my own shoes. And the only way I could do that is to walk away from what everybody else was doing and to pave my own way forward. And that process of self-discovery combined with having to uh, monetize it and earn enough to be able to, you know, feed yourself and pay rent in New York City was not uh, an easy trick. It was um, endless sleepless nights, lots of crying and trying to eat ramen behind a curtain like the Wizard of Oz. Like I literally lived behind a curtain because I couldn't afford a door. Uh, so I just put a curtain in the living room and lived behind that because I couldn't even do my own room at that point. I was so broke. 
it's really important to to navigate being uncomfortable to not feel a sense of everything is familiar everything has been provided for you you're all good it's safe it's secure it's stable that's not where the growing edge is that's not where um you can figure out who you are and how you alone can contribute and so I have always pushed myself into spaces of discomfort, not because I wanted to, uh, but because I I had to. It's the only way to get to the other side and do something greater with my life, right? By which I mean to give to contacts beyond my own self, where I'm not so caught up within my own self that I stop showing up for something more. When it comes to challenges, you know, you have to be willing to take that leap of faith, to not know, but still jump. Because that's, that's what a bird has to do. The first time it takes flight, it doesn't know if it can fly. It has never flown before, but it has to know that in its programming is the capacity to take wing. And that's honestly what it comes down to, is to have that raw belief that it is going to work itself out. And you have to take that step off that ledge and not cling to it out of desperation and not knowing if you're going to actually be able to pick up your wings and spread wide and, and actually reach for the stars. Uh, it's very emotionally grueling. Uh, definitely cried a lot in my life over these big transitions, but they have been for the better. They've always been for the better. Even when it hasn't worked out, even when things have failed, it's been for the better because it, it's made me reclaim so much more of me to realize my resilience, to realize my tenacity, my curiosity. It's all boundless. You, you can bounce back from anything if you take it as a, as a lesson from which you can expand further and find greater expression, because nothing is ever happening in your disfavor. Everything wants you to be bigger, better. That's how evolution works. That's how technology works. That's how you work. We all work through mod models of iteration. So keep iterating. <laughs> like, do not hold yourself back. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to go and live my life an entirely new way. Let me, <laughs> let me just finish this podcast and go and win the world. <laughs> no, but you're so right. I love what you're saying about this boundlessness. Like we really are free to, to explore and go in all directions and choose and, and never limit ourselves. So I, I definitely think that you are a perfect example of this. But that makes me wonder, what is it that you want to explore in the future? Because you've already explored so much. Is there something that you are kind of having on the radar right now? I am learning and I am expanding my own previous understanding of self right like where you're like oh this is this is what I do this is who I am and then you prove yourself wrong and you're like no that's not all I am that's not all who I can be and then you see yourself grow and you say wow I can do all of this too I can be all of this too and that's what's happening right now for me in the tech and fundraising sphere I am just thriving I am learning so much every day is saturated with just the bliss of constant expansion so I think that's how that's how it should be. Always, always lean into what is that next thing. Right now I'm in the caterpillar phase. I am just chewing the leaves out. I am eating, eating, eating all day long. <laughs> can't get enough material in me. Can't get enough information in me. I'm just data. And then once I have all of that in me, I can go pupate. Let that come out into something and then emerge as the butterfly. So that's the metamorphosis trajectory. Highly recommend that for everybody. Go pupate, go be a caterpillar every now and then, and then go take wing. Don't be afraid of those three stages and always trust that once you're in the cocoon, you will emerge as a butterfly. How could you not? You've done the work. 
you know so i think it's it's having that trust in in knowing that this process will come out in your favor asher you make me smile so much because honestly if you write any book i'm going to buy it <laughs> you just say things as they are but so much more i can really find your reflections and insights so valuable and i hope that to anyone who's listening right now they also feel that it's been a really wonderful time chatting i just want to thank you so much for sharing everything you've shared today yeah, thank you for your gracious spirit and you're just a wonderful host it's such a pleasure to talk to you too thank you Exploring is brought to you by Conservation X Labs, an organization which develops new conservation technologies, leads innovation competitions, and empowers individuals across disciplines to collaborate for nature. To learn more and get involved, visit conservationxlabs.com and join our community on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for listening today. If you're wondering what the next conversation will be about, I can tell you that it will be particularly interesting to aspiring entrepreneurs and scientists. So I will see you all in the next episode of Exploring. Mm-hmm.